Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, I'd like to welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast and really grateful to my friend Rochelle Denae Poth for joining us so that we can have a conversation about her recent book release. Uh, the book is titled Things I Wish dot 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 new and we'll talk about that title here in a moment but uh this is a really exceptional book on teacher stories and really getting a chance to give educators the space to reflect uh, on some things that they've learned over the course of their career and or experiences they've gone through that they wish others had a little window of insight into. Rochelle can tell you better uh, about the backstory of this than I can but I'm going to start off by saying welcome to the show. Yeah thank you very much Andrew I'm glad to be on the show with you today. Yeah, it's always fun getting a chance to catch up and and chat and really excited for this conversation about your most recent book. And so can you talk a little bit more about the backstory behind it, right? Like, so why this topic and how did this all come together? Yeah, that's a great question because um, it, gosh, it goes back a couple of years that I've been writing books and the first one, actually the first three that I wrote, I was writing at the same time and in kind of gathering thoughts and things for those one of them, the title actually came to me because when I was looking at notes I had taken from other books, I found that I had written a lot of quotes. So then I was like, oh, wonder if I could write a book about quotes. And then I started to think about what I had learned in my classroom. And that's where another book came from about the lessons that that one kid taught us. And so in, in the process of writing other books, I had this running list, a little bit of it was like just in my mind, but then I actually started to write some down. And then for fear of losing the paper, I put them into a Google document, but still kept the list in my book. And over the years, how many times I've been in conversations and you, I know have done this too, where you just think, gosh, I wish I knew that. Or why didn't I know that sooner? If only I had known that it would have made this difference. And I just started to think about all of those times. And then looking at this list that I had. And one day I thought, I wonder if I could write a book essentially for pre-service teachers, people early on in their career that was focused primarily on like things I wish I knew. And that's where it started. But in doing that, I decided to kind of reach out into my network and then even on Twitter and different places to say, hey, I'm writing this book. And I gave prompts. Uh, There were actually two books that I was writing at the same time. And it could have gone in either direction. And some people chose to write for both. But I said, if you had to fill this in, things I wish, dot, 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 <laughs> knew with anybody, uh, what would it be? And so people just started to send in their stories. And then I realized I can't just write this book about like things I wish I knew because it was a lot of things I wish students and parents and administrators and all these other people knew. So that's where it started from. Not totally like what my initial focus was, but once the stories came in, I was like, this definitely needs to be broader. Well, and when you talk about broad for this particular book, there were 50 educators that contributed passages to it, right? Right. Yeah, that's a lot too. And uh, with everything with, you know, the school closures and pandemic and all the the challenges, I mean, things, obviously we know like life slowed down a little bit, even though it got busier at the same time, but I had more time to kind of process and I reached out to get some additional stories. And I think initially I had somewhere around maybe like 35. Uh, my prior book had, I think, 38, including myself. 
But then I, I just kept reaching out because I knew I had that window where I could add more stories in, especially in light of what we've experienced in the past almost two years now. And so I kind of took advantage of that and added more in. And I, I couldn't believe it when I went through and I saw how many different people and all the different places that they were joining from and their experiences. And I honestly, at one point, thought about dividing it into two books that was geared towards classroom teachers and then administrators. But then I was like, but what about all the other people that contributed that don't fit into one of those two areas? So then I thought a part one and a part two, <laughs> but uh, you know, eventually I just decided it's going to be one book, going to organize it in that way somehow, but no easy process, but it seemed to kind of flow together once I dove right in and, and just decided I need to work on this. I need to find some flow to it. And it ended up, I think, being pretty good. I've gotten a lot of great feedback from it. And every time I read it or have people share or send a message about it, like it just makes me happy to hear their response. Yeah. And I, I love where you started there with that too, in terms of reflecting on your own practices. I think that that's really important at this time because as so many teachers have either filled vacancies in administrative levels, as there's been a lot of turnover that's happened there or with teacher turnover even in the last two years, uh, there's so much institutional knowledge uh, that I get concerned sometimes is, is lost because of those things taking place. Uh, and so how great to have a collection of stories from accomplished educators who uh, really you know, have something they feel worth spending the time, effort, and energy to impart in this format, uh, and then for you to play off of those. And so maybe that can be where our conversation goes next. In the book, then having propped up these different stories, uh, then you follow up and kind of give how you related to each of those. Yeah. And that wasn't always easy because I mean, we don't all have the same experiences, but in doing that, I mean, there was somewhere I read the story and I could think of something that I, I kind of might've had a similar experience or you know, something that could add to it. But in some cases, the stories themselves were so powerful that I honestly felt that by adding something of my own to it, it was taking away from that story. And so finding the right words, and often I would skip it and come back to it. A few times I kind of shifted where that story had been placed. Then as more stories came in, I could see a connection between some of them. And it might not have been from people in the same role. It was just the same idea that they were conveying and expressing in their stories. And so it wasn't easy, but I felt like for me, I needed to kind of connect them to one another, but maybe like a takeaway or to give something for the reader to think about in their own practice as though, you know, I'm a first year teacher. I haven't gone through any of this yet. Like, how does this apply to me? And then maybe if it related to me as something I experienced early on in my career, then I could add a couple of extra points to that. Or even in some cases, it wasn't my own experience. It was connecting the stories that followed one another. And they represented something to be learned and shared. So there, there was definitely no specific route I took with it, but it really did. I mean, reading all those stories, some of them make you laugh. They make you cry. I just really powerful throughout that book. And what I love about it is that, I mean, one, it has 50 educators, including myself and the range of experiences, backgrounds, uh, speaking to administrators, speaking on behalf of the students. I mean, it's encouraging. It's very realistic. There's a ton of vulnerability that's in it, but it is a book that really is for it's out of all of my books. I mean, I love all of my books, but this one is probably aside from the first one that I wrote, probably the one that I 
I like the most just because of what it offers for people that can be first year teachers, 25 years in thinking about retirement and everything in between, or people who aren't even in education, just to understand like what it's like for that experience or for, um, you know, some people know people who are considering going into education and it's like, this is the perfect book to read. It's like your manual, how-to manual of like, okay, these are things you want to consider when you're getting into this profession or even applying it to others. Because I've had some friends read the book who aren't in education at all. And just things like mentoring. We talk about the power of relationships, taking risks with your work and what you're doing. Those are applicable to things beyond just being an educator. And so hearing that from them, I was like, I'm so happy to hear that because I try to write something that is meaningful, of course, in education, but that other people can find value from too. Gosh, there's so much within what you just shared there. And it's tough, I would imagine, to even parcel out a takeaway because of the diversity in the stories. And like you're saying, like, what do you take away from a story that makes you laugh versus one that makes you cry is uh, dramatically different. Uh, but uh, if you had to sum that up a little bit, having gone through this experience, because it, it clearly resonated with you, right? You're speaking to just how uh, impactful that has been for you as a contributor, but also the power it could have for others. Yeah. What would you say? What would you say you sort of learned from this process? Uh, that the thing that I wrote that I wish I knew, like the very first thing, I summed it up in one word at the beginning, and that was connect. And I think if I took that away from everything that I've done over the past however many years now where I've become a more connected educator, all the experiences that I've had, my students have had, the people that I've met along the way probably wouldn't exist in my life. And if they didn't exist in my life, then I think, would I even still be in the classroom? Because for a long time, I was just thinking, I'm going to do this for, I don't know, 10 years or, okay, maybe a couple more years. And when I went to law school, that was kind of, I didn't do that to get out of teaching. It was just a personal fulfillment. But I honestly say like, after that, that's when I feel like I really started teaching because I saw the teacher and student relationship differently, the mentoring piece of it, how important it was to, you know, ask for help, to give help, to be there, to support one another and to connect. And that just started me down this other path. And so I think the biggest takeaway in all of this is like what it represents is that by being connected, even people who contributed, if they're not on Twitter a lot, I mean, they might've just seen one message and now they're connected with all of these other educators in this project and they're part of a community and they can share that with others. And so, you know, in each of the stories, there, there are a lot of different messages, but one of them that resonates kind of throughout is that power of connecting and being there to not only support other people, but also to open yourself up to being vulnerable, to be supported too. Gosh, and how timely a message given like the challenges that have been posed by so many of the different things that have transpired over the course of the last two years. And even uh, talking with teachers recently about just not having a plan period because they're filling in as a substitute in other classes because of sub shortages. And then you end up pushing your grading to before and after school and different times. And you don't socialize with your peers as much and that like support and connectedness can get kind of lost in the busyness of the present circumstances. And so what a great way to have 50 conversations on the shelf for you to connect with, right? A little bit with this. And I know since then you've had the opportunity to have some of those contributors on some of your live shows and have some conversations with them. It has to be really gratifying, I would think, to like bring those folks together and to give them 
that space as well to advocate for this collective works, but also uh, the message that they really felt uh, inclined to share through the book. Yeah. The power of, I mean, seeing somebody, hearing them talk about the story, it just takes it to a whole new level, which I love when I do the live shows and you can have conversations and then you just get to know the person. And with my first book, I actually used synth to have some of the people who contributed read a portion of their story. So people could listen to it and hear the person actually talking about it. And for this book, in the back of the book, it has everybody's picture. And I probably could have put their picture in with the book, but layout and everything made that it was easier to put everybody together. So I thought that was a pretty important component to be able to look and see like who these people are. And then adding on doing these live shows where I just opened up to everybody and, you know, not everybody wants to be live streamed out talking about the story, but as an option to have that opportunity to not only speak to what they wrote about in the book. And I mean, that's supporting my work, but I also want to support what they're doing because everybody's doing something. They're either blogging or podcasting, or they're starting programs in their schools, or they're doing mentoring. So it's not just about like, what did you write in my book? But it's, okay, what are you doing? What is your experience? And then can Mm -hmm. you share a little bit about yourself and what you shared in this book? So that everybody can get to know you. And you know, sometimes it is serious because some of the stories are really challenging uh, and I don't want to, you know, spoilers or anything, but there are some that people share that are very personal, that were you know, very difficult days in, in everybody's life and not just in education, but they shared that in a way that gave everybody inspiration, but also, I, I don't know whether to say not really motivation, but I guess comfort in knowing that it's okay to open yourself up and be vulnerable, that it's okay to not know exactly what to do or how to act in any given moment, but they shared so much of themselves in the book, which is one thing, but to actually be able to hear them and see them as they're sharing parts of that story, if not the whole story, takes it to another level. And I think that people you know, you can read the book and you can relate to the character and in our, our minds, we personify what this person looks like. But when you see them, even if just in the picture in the back of the book, or whenever you join in with us live and you actually hear them and, and the interactions with each other and they get to know each other, I mean, it, it forms new connections, not just with people that contributed to this book, but with people that join in, in the conversation. And maybe they have no idea that this book is out there. And they're like, wow, it has all of these different stories. You know, I'm struggling and I, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. I'm starting as a first year teacher. I have these challenges. Like, who do I speak to? It would be something that they could pick up and realize like, yeah, other people have been through this. So maybe this is exactly what I needed. And it's great for us too, because we get to interact with each other and it's always fun to have those conversations. Well, and the conversation I've had recently about the book was actually with Julie Downing of ESU 13 here in Nebraska, who contributed to the book. And she was talking about how she will read a little bit of it and then set it down and then read a little bit more of it and set it down uh, because she appreciates chewing on those ideas and the stories and really letting those messages kind of resonate and hit home. Uh, And so it's been fun to follow up with her through that uh, experience and certainly would encourage others to, to check that out. And as a part of those conversations with her too, something that, that I really love about this is that I love the role that I have with the Nebraska ESUCC because I get an opportunity to really make space for other people to share the great work that they're doing. And I heard that uh, in what you were sharing a moment ago. 
there is something, there are so many people out there that are crafting the narrative about education and what it is and what it isn't and what's going on and what's not going on. And some of that uh, has some truth to it. And then I've heard some things recently that I feel like don't have a whole lot of validity uh, and everything in between. And for us to advocate for good work and to really shine a light on the good things that are taking place with those authentic voices from the classroom or from those building level leaders is just so critical. And yes, from a public perception of education standpoint, but as you mentioned, also from our ability to feel recognized by our peers and understood through the trials and tribulations of any given moment. And there's there's just so much, there's so much to get into with all this. I love the heart behind this and I'm grateful that you took this uh, challenge on and have been advocating across all these different platforms and contexts. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely a project like when I did the first three books at the same time and I, I had people sharing stories I remember driving home one day thinking oh wait I'm the one that has to figure out which book it's going into and organize all of it and how am I going to do that but I got smarter after the first time and the second time but uh yeah it's been really interesting and I had some people that contributed multiple stories in this book too and just the range of what they wrote about I mean some are very funny but it's it's a story that everybody I'm sure can relate to and then some you know like I said they're personal uh, but I, I like the variation in you know the, the voice the experience the tone that's used and, and I know just throwing out an example because you joined us in a recent one like Melissa Hayes and just talking about things that she wished she knew before teaching during a pandemic. And it was just a list of things. So it, it wasn't that it had to be some very formal format. It was like, what do you think of when you think of this prompt things I wish and what comes to mind? And some people had a lot of things that came to mind. <laughs> I did as well. I still have a list that I've, I've kept a running list. So who knows if at some point there's like a volume two, I don't know, but I have on my wall from each book, I have a list of people that contributed stories who contributed sketch notes or help with the cover. And I always glance over to see, I remember the stories because I've read them enough time, but I can look over on the wall and, and think like, oh yeah, this person wrote about student engagement. Oh wait, that's Andrew. It's right there. I see Andrew's student engagement. Or I can look at Deb who wrote about project-based learning and choice and taking risk. And it's, it's just good reminders for me. I've been really happy with the response that the book has gotten. And I, I hope that when people think, ah, you know, I need, I need a good book that they'll consider getting this one because it offers so much. And like all of my other books that I've written did not intend this. You don't have to read it from cover to cover. I want you to read the whole thing, but if you flip through and you think, what do I wish I knew when I started teaching or as a teacher, you go to the beginning or what do I wish parents and families knew? Then you flip through to that section and find something that resonates with you. And then you just keep going through and it, it's great for reflection and, and even better, you can connect with the people that wrote and reach out to them. You know, they are ready to respond and, and connect with you as well. Yeah. I wonder with this book too, if it's something that I don't know, I know a number of schools, for example, have cut their PD days in half that where they would normally do professional learning for the duration of eight hours. Now it's down to four and they're given some space back to teachers to focus on wellness, to focus on grading, to get a few more things done in their classroom. And, and in the interest of professional learning at a time when our bandwidth maybe isn't as broad as it had once been, uh, if a book like this would be, uh, have you had any feedback from the entire building sort of adopting this as something that they would go through? As you said, maybe 
you don't read the same stories, but just have some space right. to reflect and have some conversations with your colleagues around the stories that they read and bringing that whole connectedness message to your entire staff. Yeah, I've had some people reach out to me looking at even just schools that have PLCs for a book to read. And then they involve, you know, different roles uh, in that school. You have an administrator, you have a classroom teacher, maybe you have a tech coach or something, a new year, first year teacher, pre-service teachers are involved in it. And then some others who are really looking to get this for their school, if not for all the teachers, but to have some available, like, I don't know, a set of them so people can take them out or to have it be something that for first year teachers or new teachers, to the district that they give and go from there. But I really, you know, I like the idea of it being something that everybody could just sit down and read. Okay. Like first year teachers or teachers with less than this number of years of experience. Okay. You start with this part administrators. We need you right here. And then you have dual roles, which many educators do. They're playing multiple, you're an elementary teacher and a tech coach, or uh, you're a part-time administrator and you're filling it in the classroom. Like you can read a lot of these stories and share the ideas. And then of course, such an important part of our practice as educators is reflection. And so then read a story. Okay. What's in your experience that's like that? Or what is something that you wish you knew and then send it to me? Cause then maybe... We'll write about it, or maybe you'll write about it in a blog, right? That could be a series of blogs, like things I wish I knew. And every time I hear somebody speak, when they come on, whether it's like talking about the book or just in general on our other Thrive and EDU shows, I I think so many times, I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that when I was writing this book, I would have had them put that in there. But we're just always learning, and there's always something every single day, I'm sure, throughout the day that we could say, I wish I knew that. And, um, so that's, I mean, that's where it came from. And hopefully I captured enough in this one book right now that it gives people some things to think about and it might encourage administrators who are looking for a book for their teachers. I mean, reading is great PD, especially when it fosters that space where teachers and educators can get together and talk about what it is they're reading, what their takeaways are. Because I tell this to my students all the time, whenever they're reading for their other classes, because they'll say, what's the book about? Who are the characters? What do I need to know? And I'm like, just read the book. Yeah, but it's it's the same story. I said, we can all read the same book. We get a different story. We interpret it differently. It applies to us differently. We have different meaning. I loved reading To Kill a Mockingbird, for example. I didn't read it until after law school, which everybody was surprised. But my students at school, they read it in 10th grade. And even Great Expectations, I'll say, I love that book. And they say, how could you love that book? And I said, I don't know. I just, there was something about the story, the way that my teacher taught it, the conversations that we had that added so much more to it. And all these years later, I mean, you're talking last century that I read that book, what a difference it makes. And so same thing with this, you know, we're all going to read the book, but we're going to have different takeaways, or it's going to push us to think about something else that might be kind of relevant, or we might've forgotten about that helps us to improve as we move forward. Yeah, and making space for people to connect around those is just really powerful, as you said, as an opportunity for professional growth and personal growth for that matter. And uh, so that being said, where can people find this book and also stay connected with all of your work moving forward? Yeah, there's a couple different places, Twitter and Instagram. I mean, it's everything's the same. My email, my blog, it's R-D-E-N-E-915. And then for books, uh, two of them, actually. So if you want to see other books, it's just the bit.ly, the hashtag in my last name, books. So it's all lowercase both books. And then believe it or not, for this one, it's bit.ly and then the, the slash things I wish edu specifically. 
very original, but I need to make all of these bitlies easy for me to remember. So I try to do that. Surprisingly, sometimes they're taken. I'm like, how is somebody taking <laughs> my last name? But they're available or people can reach out to me and I, I, you know, I get some copies here and sign and send them. And yeah. Well, thank you for making a difference uh, with this book. And uh, we're just really grateful to have you on the show to advocate for that today. So thanks. And I'm sure we'll continue to follow of your future endeavors and work uh, as things progress. But thanks for your time today. Yeah, thank you. 